This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth, and this is where I usually drop my content warning. And how it all turns out, I guess it's a lesson in you really gotta... Do the research early on in the night, I suppose, because I thought this was going to be a dirty episode, and we're going to talk a bunch of politics, about fascism, and mocking them primarily, but I was originally going to put a tr- explicit trailer on to catch up with my fan expo experience for a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, but we are going to hold off on that this week. If you are right-leaning, this episode might not be for you, or you might take some pointers on how to straighten the rest of you guys out. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. This is 90 for Chill Podcast. Again, I am your host, Cool Movies Darth, if you're need to search for the podcast on your echoes or your google nest products you may as well just search for podcast by russ stevens this week uh, we are going to talk with michael dubois about the producers part two of our planned trilogy in regards to the great gene wilder how everything turns out it was pretty weird doing the editing as i said i was planning to originally just make this an explicit podcast but this is going to be a two episode recording so it turns out only one f-bomb was dropped in the first portion so uh just thinking on the fly we're going to get this all straightened out so next week I think we are just going to let the language fly after an hour 15 of conversation. I think we all drop our guards by that point, especially with my sobriety. That's the plan. It's been a busy night for me just trying to think, well, I don't have work tomorrow, so I can uh, just do everything. So rearranging furniture, finding electronics to recycle, and we're now at 1.20 in the morning. A lesson in time management, a lesson in doing your research for your pod. Don't let everything wait till the last minute. That said, though, if you want to be on the podcast, don't wait till the last minute. I got plenty of time, obviously. Send me an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. Offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor, as long as you focus on sub-100-minute narratives, meaning if there's no post-credit sequence, you can go and cut the film off right when the narrative stops right when the credits start rolling i suppose is a better way of putting it i'm sure we can make some a slice of fried podcast gold otherwise rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps the twitter handle is at catbusrust so five star reviews please at catbusrust at c-a-t-b-u-s-r-u-s-s that's where i want you to talk all your trash about me it's more fun than dealing with crazy gun nuts who don't understand that hey i'm not trying to take your rights away i'm just telling you you don't need a semi-automatic weapon dirty harry did not need a semi-automatic weapon i think he used a harpoon before he ever used a machine gun but i digress thanks for coming to the show uh thank you stacia harden for being my inspiration we're gonna talk a lot about you in this episode 
and I hope you have, still have that sense of humor. Thanks for being my inspiration and keeping me going. And we will be back with Michael Dubois next week. We will get dirty. If you can stick it through this cluster muck, I think you'll might just be pumped for the rest of what we have to talk about. But again, we're talking about Mel Brooks, the producers. We're talking the 1967 movie, which ends up creating a little drama. We have a Nathan Lane fan in this podcast. Hello there. And before we go on, I just want to make a quick shout out to the Getting Down and Wordy podcast with Russell Perkle and Hannah Weyer. It's a fun little podcast about the etymology of strange words. The most recent episode I listened to was about the word gremlin, and that was inspired by the Kodak Black song Super Gremlin. They talk about the Gremlin movie. And they even talk about Eurovision, so it's a pretty solid structure, a lot of fun, and, I mean, if you're just nerdy, you may as well be getting down and wordy. The lesson is, leave a review, get a shout-out. Thanks. Now on DVD and Blu-ray. Let's assume, just for the moment, that you are a dishonest man. Assume away. From the endlessly funny mind of Mel Brooks. Bring time for Hitler. A gay romp with Adolf and Eva at Berthe's Garden. Wow. Comes the Oscar-winning cult classic, The Producers. Step one, we find the worst play in the world, a surefire flop. Step two, I raise a million bucks. A lot of little old ladies in the world. Starring Zero Mostel. <laughs> and Gene Wilder. Mr. Bialystok, I cannot function under these conditions. You make me extremely nervous. In one of the funniest movies ever made. Okay, uh, you fat, fatty, give me those spare books now! The receptionist that can't speak English, what will people say? They'll say, ow. I see it! A line of beautiful girls dressed as stormtroopers. Don't be stupid, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. Available for the first time on Blu-ray. Oh, Josh, oh, Josh, oh, dream of dreams. Featuring a new 1080p high-def transfer. That is genius! Genius! And packed with bonus features, including the making of the producers and Mel and his movies. When I got to springtime for Hitler, he spit out the tuna fish sandwich and the coffee and he fell on the floor and he said, stop, we're gonna make this movie. Oh, this explosion of pure comedic lunacy. The Producers, now available in a collector's edition Blu-ray DVD combo pack. All right, we just heard the voice of, that's gotta be the eeriest in all of uh uh avatars for the future i suppose the just um i mean a little too much bass i guess like siri or google just sounds a little more welcoming it took me a second to catch on to what you were talking about and i was (laughs) like oh yeah (laughs) yeah for those of you who don't know when you hit record on zoom there's a little voice that goes now recording (laughs) Yeah, I think it's something like uh, I've seen, I've heard on like uh, ID10T, the Hardwick podcast, when he started doing everything Zoom during the pandemic, it was like, so he's, 
I don't know how he had it rigged. Like he's got to have it. Well, he's got a producer, so mm-hmm. I guess that makes everything. And <laughs> hell, that's a good little segue, incidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, brought back. This is ninety for chill, the podcast. I'm the host, Cool Movie Star. Then we have brought back Gentle and Evil. <laughs> uh, one Michael Dubois, mm-hmm. and we are continuing our tribute to one gene wilder with 1967's the producers mel brooks uh first feature directorial debut yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh i i was excited for this movie until i started watching oh okay interesting you see i've never seen the musical i have uh voodoo you know signing up for that and that mm-hmm. just brings me to the blazing saddles flashback right there <laughs> there go do that voodoo you do so well um <laughs> uh, yeah so um my story with this movie originally was like i saw it in the five dollar bin at a best buy in peoria never mm-hmm. got around to opening it for years and then i opened it up it's supposed to be a special edition two disc and there were no disc oh that sucks yeah so that just tells you you have 14 days to figure your stuff out (laughs) otherwise it's on you yeah um so yeah so i eventually just got it through netflix dvd and yeah Mm -hmm. i i left feeling like it's my favorite of the um Mm -hmm uh mel brooks features uh yeah i mean it's um okay i you know what well we can just address this right now okay my main complaint with the movie is that there is no nathan lane so okay all right now i'll take like yeah i i you can't help but cheer for uh zero marcel um because you know this guy this guy's lucky to even be working this late in his uh career yeah. uh he died not about 10 years after this um but he was uh you know he was part of the um being blackballed by mccarthy so oh damn yeah I, so okay. i need to do some movie history then right well yeah it, i don't know i found that just doing a wiki like on um on uh, him and it just uh ended up being um yeah we're um an interesting discovery um for zero mustel um i mean i like um well i can't say i've ever watched uh fiddler on the roof on the big screen i've seen a couple of seen uh my high school play um and I've seen um, the Caterpillar Players, which my older sister was always a part of. That's the Poetic Critic. And, um, yeah, Tevier was um, played in that by Flash Gordon's own, um, dang it, I don't want to mispronounce his name, mm-hmm. uh, 1971, Jeff Stein, uh, Topol, uh, who I know best, from again, from Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. and um yeah i would imagine if that was not the case you know it would have gone to uh zero mostel but 
Yeah. Um, he was blasted to black. <laughs> black was listed during the 1950s um, testimony before the House Un-American Activities Committee. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, I I don't know. It's Nathan Lane's a great actor, but mm. and I didn't read up really about personal life on uh, Zero Mustel, but it's kind of like mm. I don't know. I find him a little more suited for uh, funding stage productions by bawling octogenarians. <laughs> So. Yeah, like, and that was, uh, yeah, as I was going to get to, like, he did a good, like, the actor did a great job playing Biel's, uh, I just, Bielostock. Yeah. He, yeah, he played, he did a great job playing that character, probably the way that it should be done in the fact that he is a giant grease ball of a human being. Mm-hmm. And, like... But like it, like I keep like going back to the Nathan Lane version where he's the same grease ball of a human, but Nathan Lane's charisma just sells it. Like mm. you still kind of root for him it, for a bit, and then, and then, but like at this point or in this version of the movie, at no point was I like, uh, yeah. I'm rooting for these two. Like, oh, well, that's I. I don't know. I just again have not seen the musical, yeah. um, and it's like, no, I I can't replace Gene Wilder with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that that yeah that that's kind of the thing that was going on in my head while watching the movie. I was like, how sad is it that like we can't have a Nathan Gene Wilder thing? I'm sure they've probably done a movie. Now that I say it out loud, I'm sure they've probably done a movie at some point and I need to look at that up. Oh, that's that's a that's a tough one because I I I knew Wilder was doing was acting all the way into the nineties at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um not a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Um pulling up his IMDB right now um like uh he was i know he was a director on some will and grace episodes <laughs> uh yeah no it looks like his yeah. last movie was the lady in question for tv made for tv uh he did a bunch of like 1999 did three uh made for tv movies including an alice in wonderland oh. uh, adaptation um, and nice. I think murder in the sm- murder in a small town and uh, the lady in question were both AMC, no A and E logos prominently on the posters. Mm-hmm. But then ninety five, he had his TV show Something Wilder, mm-hmm. which is just very weird. I mean, always has I like he's always been forty. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just how he looks, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you know that's not a bad place to be. I guess that's very kind of Murray esque, uh, Bill Murray esque. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he didn't work much in the nineties, and yeah. Um. Yeah, Haunted Honey. Like he had a couple of stinkers before it all. Oh gosh, no. Uh, after Stir Crazy, his eighties sucked. Uh, The Woman in Red, Hanky Panky, which looks like he was 
probably where he met Jeanwa. Um, sorry, Gilda Radner, and I still haven't smoked that blunt for uh, breast cancer that she uh, New Era and Urbana had. Um, charity blunts. Um, I, I, yeah, I was, I was like, I'm sensing there's a story here. Yeah, no, it was just, uh, you know, making a weed pickup in October, and like, oh, uh, Gilda Radner Foundation. <laughs> uh yeah buy a single roll so nice yep Uh, mm -hmm. so oh gosh he directed most of his crap in the 80s yeah the they what i'm there my problem is that like i think that gene wilder it was like more prevalent in my life than or not that's that's not what i mean like more prevalent during quote unquote my time just because oh. i've seen a lot of his movies oh yeah no i mean his but, 70s lineup mm-hmm. is nothing but winners for the most part mm-hmm. um i mean you had uh silver streak with richard Pryor. it mm-hmm. basically is kind of well i wouldn't say bookended but he had silver streak with Pryor. i think that was 71 and then uh 1980 was uh stir crazy and um again with prior and they tried it again for a movie called see no evil hmm. uh, no not see no evil see no evil hear no evil evil where a mur uh um basically him and richard prior have been uh framed for murder prior is blind mm-hmm. and wilder is death mm-hmm yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, I think I've seen this movie. Yeah, uh, Kevin, early Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a shame. Like, yeah. why'd you have to be such an awesome actor to do to do all, you know, like, oh, we're, we lost a talent. <laughs> well, the, the unfortunate truth is, like, the, the more talented somebody is, oh, the more no. likely they are to abuse that power. Which, oh, one Michael Jackson. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the the names are countless. Like oh. that's 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 kind of the problem. Well, no, that, well, I mean, that's the basis for Rome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, there's there's no question about that. It's just, yeah. uh, and then he, but that's like, then he drops those weird videos. It's like. I miss Underwood. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, I mean, there's no apology tour that can be made. Uh, This ain't pro, this ain't pro wrestling. (laughs) Where, um, where, well, I don't know. You can't just do a face turn and, you know. Well, I mean, Hulk Hogan had to, you know, give the locker room a speech, like, which I think he ended with, just be careful what you say, because you never know who's getting recorded. Uh, <laughs> uh no hulk uh you're you're just not supposed to say shitty things or be yeah. a shitty person um but no I, I was just gonna say though it's like i think hogan was pretty much brought back thanks to saudi arabian blood money yeah that sounds legit yeah the uh, saudi um mbs i want a wrestling show with all my favorite wrestlers i want yokozuna i want ultimate warrior mm. Uh yeah, um they died. <laughs> yeah. Uh so they brought in a sumo wrestler and they I can't remember who they used to fake the warrior. <laughs> they didn't call him warrior at least. I'll say that. Oh. Uh but yeah, Baby Hogan. Steps. 
right but <laughs> hogan was another guy mbs loved it truthfully that sounds like a guy mbs would love yeah uh i can't you know and i gotta quit knocking on the saudis too much because i need their money that they bought my foot by football club in england oh no so eh, eh, i mean the cubs are purchased by the ricketts family which is ameritrade basically mm-hmm. never mind yeah not far too far right but no. they're not gonna they're not gonna ship they're not gonna share uh ship their employees off to a state where legal abortion <laughs> let's just say it that way no um yeah so but you know am i gonna go and betray the cubbies <laughs> <laughs> no um you know it's it's like you know uh it's yeah <laughs> it's it, the, 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 they became family so and with newcastle united my football club it hasn't won a title since 1929 they kind of fit my fit my vibe so yeah i mean if you like the cubs like might as well <laughs> well i wouldn't think that i was just in london like uh in 99 for a graduation present from my mom and dad and uh that was the same time the um football association uh tournament was ending and it was new it was taking place in london so you had newcastle united versus manchester united Mm. and i didn't know much about uh english football at that point but Mm. i did know that manchester united were the new york yankees and are actually owned by the new york yankees um Mm. (laughs) now i don't think they were then but Mm. um so it's like i know not to cheer for the yankees so yeah and then yeah newcastle's had an interesting 20 years or so they've been relegated which is something i love about uh soccer in the rest of the world is like no you have to uh granted they don't have salary caps Mm -hmm. so basically you have to go and win your way you have to be the best Mm-hmm. to uh top 20 or you're going to have to go to the minor leagues and win your way back in <laughs> so, Oof. Oh. yeah um and most of the time it's like oh yeah it's pretty easy for the teams that fall out to come back in okay. um but um then you have like newcastle's rival for what they call uh derby um basically the closest team to you that's on the same level you have a two games against and it's like the, um, you know, it's basically like who's better Cubs or Cardinals type stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're, they're the team in the Derby with Newcastle eventually got relegated to champions league from the premier league. And then they've gotten relegated all the way back to league one. So yeah. Yeah. You can go from, so basically if it was a, in the United States, it's like you can go from Major League Baseball to Triple A baseball to Double A baseball. <laughs> but the beauty of it is, anybody who has money can form a football club, and there's seven levels. You could possibly get there all the way from uh, very unlikely, but you can start at seven and go all the way up. Hmm. Um, so, and I'm hysterical, I'm wet, and I'm in pain. (laughs) 
Yeah, I got it playing in my peripheral. I did not complete yeah. my rewatch last night. I was, uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, it's been a it, it's been a tough uh, on this forty two year old body. I'm not in my mid thirties where I hardly held it together then. Like uh, I had a goth night um, at uh, like it's weird a goth night at a townie bar. Hmm. But yeah, I did that on did that thursday night i had to go to work at 10 in the morning mm, mm-hmm. and then uh then i had to watch uh make my way through watching mad god to for a podcast of gregory carl that we did last night oh okay. uh which mad god work of art i don't know how mm. it really works as a movie mm. it's a stop motion um feature that's very much like a tool video <laughs> oh okay uh no dialogue so yeah as i say it's you gotta see it it's art i don't know how it really registers a movie but um so that and then yeah and of course i drink during the podcast so it's like and that's about like podcasting and goth nights is about the only nights i drink (laughs) times i drink anymore so it's not uh and I just don't know how I, because I only smoke weed to fall asleep, so mm. I don't know how I would handle a stone podcast. <laughs> well, as uh, as somebody who's uh, pretty adept at it so far, um, it's all right. It's all right. Um, but but yes, to get back to it, we're yep. we're wet, we're hysterical, hysterical. we're and in pain. Like, yes, the finest uh, <laughs> the finest cuisine at the part at the park. <laughs> yes, yes uh yeah like i one thing that uh i i noted while watching the film was like how it kind of how it took its time Mm. uh and that uh and the second thing that i noticed was this was a movie that was very clearly made in the 60s yes like like there's no question like if you watch this movie there's no question that it is set in the 60s oh yeah like uh yeah and uh yeah i don't know i uh well like, i mean when you say made in the 60s it's definitely uh because i believe it's an r-rated movie i i don't know mm-hmm. how they I've, i don't know how you justify that mm-hmm. unless you're really against balling octanarians i mean mm-hmm. i have not and like as i'm just preparing for the podcast it's like man you know we haven't seen anything like that we didn't have anything like that until uh gustav x from uh the grand budapest hotel oh wow like mm-hmm. like yeah that we're talking the concierge played by got uh ray fines um who basically oh. just slept with uh tilda swinton in a bunch of make uh, old lady makeup and then you find out he's like at one point adrian brody is uh contesting the fact when we find Tilda Swinton dead and they're doing the will reading that uh, uh, I have been meaning to watch this movie oh, yeah. for a long time. And I'm glad that you reminded me of its existence. Yes. Oh, that's it's I it's my favorite uh, Wes Anderson movie. So, yeah. I mean, Jeff Goldblum gets his cat thrown out a window by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> like what? Yes. It's in the trailer. <laughs> did he just throw my cat out the window 
I am so excited to watch this now. Okay. <laughs> yes. You got your Bill Murray. You got F. Murray Abraham, Tom Wilkinson. I mean, the cast is just stellar. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, it's basically the premier concierge in all of European hotels is sleeping with all the elderly pa- patrons. And the son, played by Adrian Brody. Mm, of course. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> of, of Tilda Swinton. How does he do this? I think he's, you know, I think he's gay, you know, this uh, F-bomb. Wow. <laughs> F-bomb. And it's like, how could he get in all this? And I bet he slept with my mother. And I'm using, just avoiding another F-bomb. Uh-huh. Uh, and he says, well, I sleep with all my friends. <laughs> so I, I thought you called uh. me, a, I thought you called me an F-bomb. No, you're bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> and Willem Dafoe's Adrian Brody's muscle. So, <laughs> yes. yes. So, perfect. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's a perfect, ma- it'd be a perfect double feature with uh, this version of the producers. And I only say that oh. because this is, uh, you know, not even a hundred minutes and mm-hmm. same thing goes for uh, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Not even a hundred minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah so we're reading the scripts right now (laughs) the worst play ever written (laughs) um so but the plot of the movie and basically uh the accountant bloom who's been assigned to take care of uh be livestock um books after discovering he took two thousand dollars that he didn't spend on a play to go and to a Turkish bath mm-hmm. uh, comes up the idea that under the right circumstances, you can make more money from a failed play than a successful one. Mm-hmm. And Bloom being pretty naive is <laughs> sold by Bloom being played by Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bialystok played by Zero Marce- Marcel mm-hmm. is based. This is your only chance you're going to get to live the high life. Yeah. So, and they find the mother load of all plays. <laughs> no. Yep. Uh, uh, Mel Brooks' famous, uh, famous favorite pastime making fun of nazis yes as you should right they're ridiculous yes i mean yeah i'm just like i will give the far right credit they haven't brought the mustache back <laughs> i you know all depending on how november goes things are kind of looking uh, good ish okay. but hold, hold up yeah. hold up i'm sorry i have to bring this up okay have you looked at a proud boy they have ridiculous facial hair that's that, all i'm gonna say yes. like oh, just no, because no, they, they didn't bring back the that stash. specific yes. mustache which i refer to as the chaplain because i am a man of culture yes no person of culture <laughs> yes the chaplain is the actual mustache yes. the the hitler is when eric cartman sticks his hand in his ass and then so mm-hmm. you can put shit on butter's lip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. 
Um, yes, but yeah, no, I, I think it's part of the incel concept, I suppose, of the Proud Boys. Like, we got to make, you know, it's easier to stay un- unlovable if, <laughs> if, if if you just if you just announce to the world that you are a giant douchebag. Yes. And like it also helps with their recruitment because it maintains the self-fulfilling prophecy that they won't get laid because they're total tool bags. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently they also like beat each other up while they're reciting like breakfast cereal names because of course they do some dumb shit like that. Yeah, no, like they want to well, you know, there's every every gang has to have a jump in and I mean, same thing with fraternities essentially. Mm-hmm. Um now I I can't recall who played the uh writer of Springtime for Hitler. Uh I I should Yeah, no, I'm I'm pulling out yeah, so let's see. The producers, Leo Bloom. Uh Kenneth Mars is Fra- mm-hmm. Franz Liebkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, and, and he references, <laughs> I love it, the reference in Blazing Saddles where it's the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, oh, oh his trying to sell us on, no, I'm not a, I was never part of the party. <laughs> Yeah, I was just following orders. Yeah, uh, and like the the other unfortunate thing is that I like I like I don't like I have a controversial thing to say. Okay, I don't like. Um, I can see his face. Uh oh my god, uh, Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell. Thank you. Yes. Will Ferrell. I I don't like Will Ferrell in most things. <laughs> right. No. A, a like, lot of a lot of pe- a lot of people have that stance. There are he's got some genius moments, I think yeah. everybody will acknowledge. Yes. And like but like when he hits, he oh, hits. Yes. He knocks it out of the park. No, he's and, he's he's a he's a he's a designated hitter. It's yeah. like you yeah. you it's better than having your pitcher at the plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh but but yeah, one of one he played the the it, yeah and, and uh, so like I'm comparing their yeah. their performances, even though I really shouldn't. Like I should try and judge this on its own, but like it's hard. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah. like this movie, I mean, this movie, I don't want to say was essentially forgotten because of the Zanier mm-hmm. uh, Mel Brooks movies. Yeah, and like, but, I, and I, I remember watching, I think it was uh, Lindsay Ellis video that like went through like point by point the problems with that movie. And like the, the, the primary one is that it's it's a movie that's based off of a play that's based off of this movie yes and so, yeah. and and so like whereas this is shot like a movie mm-hmm. the the remake is shot like a play and play, it just right being adapted being adapted to a movie yeah yeah like it's it and it's a one-to-one adaption which is always the worst kind oh gosh yeah i i can't stand what is it uh 200 
what is it? 225,600 minutes. <laughs> oh, rent. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. I right. wasn't sure. I, I can't. It. Yeah. I could. I hardly remember. That's uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, I loved my ex-girlfriend, uh, Allie, and she still helps out the pod every now and then. <laughs> but it's uh-huh. like, man, she really sw- like it was it was tough. Uh, mm-hmm. Her her offerings as movies. <laughs> no rent. Oh, gosh, no. And see, what's what's what I struggle with with rent is like when I was a baby queer, I watched Rent for the first time and like my head popped off my body and spun around and came back. And I was like, this is amazing. And then like, not even five years later, I look back at it and I'm just like, 525,600 <laughs> It's the same thing I do when I listen to Panic at the Disco songs now. I just oh. do that sigh. Yeah. You see, I, I had that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had I had a rough drive once with one of my uh uh go to Davenport from Peoria with a um my friend Jamie who uh was a valet um uh Nikki Mayday was her stage name I suppose would be it mm-hmm. um which I get half credit for but I I digress <laughs> well honestly I get full credit for yeah use your middle name and because like back in Peoria, her ring name was Peanut, <laughs> and yeah, which was kind of her radio personality. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamie Knight's her name. Um, cool girl, but you know we're we're traveling one one trip, and yeah, this kind of made me further like, oh gosh, I got to get out of the business. <laughs> yeah, not get out of the business. I needed a break, and I just yeah. knew that like. Dude, I took the time to actually get professionally trained. There's no breaks for people who want to be stars. Yeah. Um, but one trip, she was talking about uh, Panic at the Disco. I don't know why people give them garbage for not actually performing live ever before they got signed. And it's like, you're talking to a professional wrestler about that? It's yeah. called paying your dues. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like, I don't know the history of Panic! The Disco. I don't know if there were the guys were from other bands that I didn't know if it was a super group. Some people made mm-hmm. it sound like that, but it's like it yeah. does occur to me that I don't know where they came from. Yeah. Like right. I just I just know that at the height of their popularity, like all of the other members besides Brendan Yuri quit. Yeah. <laughs> because they would rather like have quit one of the most popular bands of all time rather than continue to work with Brendan Urie. Yes. No, <laughs> it's it's Brendan Urie's thing. Yeah. I never I didn't notice last time I was watching is these serenade not serenading but you know impressing one of the uh financiers that he yeah. poured an entire bottle of champagne into a yeah into the guy's pants. Yeah. And that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like and like and like that that's like the more I think about it, the more I appreciate it. Cause like because like I th- I feel like Mel Brooks very much was just like you shouldn't want to like this guy. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> like, but um, I, I think the problem and it's probably me being a professional wrestler and mm-hmm. having to and primarily as a heel. 
Mm-hmm. And that all pretty much started just because I came up with my character when they took away my character originally. Like oh. I was supposed to be Ty Durden because I uh. had martial arts and Fight Club, you know, it was 2002. Yeah. You know, Fight Club was just on the peak of its misbe- misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so, you know, I spent all this time coming up with music, you know, entrance music, like dropping sound bites from Tyler Durden. Like, how much do you know about, how much can you know about yourself without being in a fight? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, um, and then the, then the irony is, you know, two years later, Tyler Black, now Seth Rollins, um, we came from the same wrestling school. And then he's like, whenever his theme music on the indies was uh end of heartache by kill switch engage mm. and he'd open and the song opens with and you open you open the door and you step inside you're inside your heart <laughs> like mm-hmm. the mother and I, I i do tweet about it like he started wearing a black glove on his right hand dude i started doing that after i broke my wrist and it's basically yeah it's a star wars joke i don't know how many people are going to get it <laughs> <laughs> My trainer did, Danny Daniels. Oh, but uh, it's yeah. like, oh gosh, this guy just ends up taking everything I tried to. <laughs> oh. uh, I still got to get the Davenport sometime to just see what I can kind of sneak myself into there. Like, mm. come on, Colby, you owe me something. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. For- forgive the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me for everything I've said that has pissed you off. <laughs> oh no I'm... um yeah so but the entire the entire wrestling gimmick became like so the next week after they just said ah just be yourself all right and come out the manson's fight song I'm like mm-hmm. all right um despite i prepared some good like sound bites before where is my mind um and then it was a uh, like I, so my gimmick was I came out wearing my glasses and I had the complete idiots guy, the professional wrestling as a prop. Nice. So I got called a student of the game. And then a couple weeks later, my, Oh, I just want people yelling at you for being a nerd. So you're turning, <laughs> you're turning heel. And it's like, uh, no, I thought I could really make a face run with this. Like, no especially you know give it another 10 years nerd is the new you know chic like uh-huh. damn Very much uh, and i never got to shake it and the funny thing though is i just enjoyed wrestling so much i always got yelled at by what they called the heel section in peoria just three bouncers from bars who'd come to the shows <laughs> quit smiling shithead I, I just love what i'm doing so and now the main reason I need to see the uh, producers um, remake uh-huh. Uma Thurman, two years removed from Kill Bill. Uh-huh. One year, if you count it after volume two. Uh-huh. And she's playing uh, the secretary, Ula. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Okay. I, I don't know. Good. Like, I. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I don't know. Like, you give me a 60s chick doing 60s stuff. It's. Yeah. Oh, let, let, let's say her name. 
What's her name? <laughs> uh, Lee Meredith. Yeah. Oh gosh, why did I? That should have been right off the top of my head. Anyhow. Oh. I mean, uh, I mean, she's a she's a legend in her own right. Mm-hmm. And it's like ah, like ah, man, it's. Gosh, and now it's the scary thought. I think uh, she's Mel- a Jersey girl. <laughs> I'm sorry, that makes the movie way funnier. Yes, and hey, she's still alive. She is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that was the scary thing about Mel Briggs turning 96. You know, oh, oh. he outlived Wilder, obviously Zero Mostel, and. <laughs> Uh, Richard Pryor, um, Cleavon Little, just all of them, all of them. Uh, t- I guess Terry Gar is still alive, as far as I can oh, remember. Okay, but no, um, Harvey Corbin, um, the guy who played Igor, uh, uh, geez, Madeline Kahn, he's outlived them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's it, it's just one of those like yeah it, it's it's one of those things that you know makes me further want to burn at both wicks like I've lost friend I've you know I I'm we didn't really focus too much on my last therapy appointment but I thought that was supposed to be a topic like hey why haven't you really gotten over a girl your best friend slash first girl you ever loved dying of a heroin overdose 18 years ago like that would be that that would be very hard to get over that's what oh no 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 it, it, it it's it's very true especially since it led to uh me having to fight off a domestic battery uh case um the record has been expunged uh and uh my bankruptcy over another one of her stripper friends like <laughs> Oh geez, yeah. Um, a heroin addiction that wasn't mine bankrupt me because I wasn't going to let somebody suffer. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it primary trauma, and yeah, it even ended up my wrestling career. But not, I'm not saying ended my wrestling career. If somebody can book me just <laughs> after November second, I can claim to be a 20 year veteran. So hey. I talked. I was trying dropping as many things as I can with my friend Gregory last night. Oh, you were at this show? At this show? Come on, little name dropping. <laughs> I, I I would. So, all right, now we're to meeting our director of the play. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. another uh, another unfortunate scene that's better than the remake. Okay. Because I love the oh oh so uh, I'm gonna yeah. have to open up the the remake now because I have to know the name of this person. All right, I'm working on it too. Um, so let's see. I'll just do the pro- producer uh, musical TV series 2005. Yep. Uh, Come on, Wikipedia cast. Oh wait, wait, wait. Gary Beach as yes. Roger DeBrace. Yes. Exactly. Gosh, Mel, Mel Brooks even outlived him. Yeah. Yeah. That's but which is sad because 
Well, I mean, it'd be pushing it to play Lumiere in the uh, Disney Beauty and the Beast uh, live action remake, but uh, it's got to be better than Ian McGregor. And I'm the biggest Ian McGregor fan. Don't get me wrong, but it's like uh, Ian can't do an accent to save his life. I mean, and I mean, the only time it really works for Ian McGregor is in I Love You, Philip Morris, if you've ever gotten around to seeing that one, which qualifies for 90 for Chill. I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's it's based off the true story of a con man who was uh, so prolific, he got a life sentence in Texas mm. for just oh. being a con man. Jim, yeah. Car- Jim Carrey and uh, yeah, Jim Carrey is the con man and philip morris is uh ewan mcgregor like oh my god that he and he plays a southern bell essentially it's <laughs> amazing like like their first night together when they finally get their same cell oh yeah that's the screamer he just goes all night just screaming and then the next day the screamer's just getting the shit kicked out of him oh and then, you know, Ian McGregor goes back to Carrie. Did you go and pay to get the screamer uh, beaten up? What are, you, what are you talking about? No, you be honest with me. <laughs> I didn't realize I could do um, that guy from uh, Chris Lilo's Best. <laughs> <laughs> you be honest with me. Did you have the screamer? I'm trying to throw some Scottish accent in just for the hell of it. But. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Be, when be in not, doubt, yeah. throw in a little bro. Oh, the, I love his commercials. Like when yeah. he, when Ian McGregor does commercials, like, you know, what you can do with your phone today. I mean, this man bought a goat. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know exactly which one you're talking about. Right. spotting favorite movie, which explains a lot i mean yeah. we did address that in my therapy appointment <laughs> that's good that's good because she saw my tattoo which is a beckoning cat with a lit match and a holding onto a bomb instead of a coin mm. um and the quote uh and the reasons there are no reasons <laughs> mm. from train spotting um you know then i and then i said yeah and then it leads into a five minute rant about heroin <laughs> so yeah yeah uh-huh. as as you would with what you revealed earlier yeah so uh, which is by the way literally my biggest fear has always been a big fear of mine in my life like unexplained i've i've thankfully not even come close to that but like it's still like that just like nagging fear in the back of my brain that's like what if something terrible happens to them like yeah Mm. and yeah to hear that you lived through my greatest fear i am so sorry <laughs> oh terrible well i mean you see the i think we talked about it on another podcast you know always keep t- keep in touch with your drug dealers mm-hmm. i didn't do a lot of h i never injected mm-hmm. like i may have done a dime a month <laughs> yeah. um and all i can say is oh gosh i mean before fentanyl like mm-hmm. you know it's like oh there's a chance i might die i'm a risk taker <laughs> yeah. and then it's like oh and now fentanyl oh you are going to die 
Um, but um, all I can say about heroin addiction is like you got to deal with people you care about, and sadly, junkies are in packs. Like, had a gr- like the first time I did it. Oh gosh, like the vibe, the feeling. Okay, mm-hmm. remember to breathe. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I gotta be recalled to breathe. Damn, this is good shit. Mm-hmm. And then on one of the other junkies just had a freak out. (laughs) I had something going here. So I can understand how my best friend passed um, with another person. Like, yeah, you kind of need three, at least you need a pack to make sure nobody does anything stupid. And I shouldn't say stupid. Nobody screws up. I mean, but like you need you need at least one semi sober person. No, not even semi. Well, I mean, it's more of an odd. I, I I'm suggesting more of a law of averages. Somebody yeah. will, <laughs> somebody will survive. You know, survive long enough to start shooting salt water into people's arms. Like, um, yeah, like, it, but, I just want to go off on the systemic problems. You you know, like you dangle these things in front of me, and I'm just like, let me complain about how our system is set up, please, please. <laughs> except i don't want to i want to talk about about the producers as i'm gosh now that i'm watching the audition it's like damn how many people like you gotta admire the actors they were already they were willing to they were already like hitler in the briefs i mean i this and this is the scene where i i sat i had to sit with the fact that this movie seems way more realistic nowadays than oh, it probably did. Oh no, no. It's like we gotta bring this to the forefront just so oh, yeah. people 19... re- like just no, I just so idiots know, you know, we can yeah. further ridicule idiots. No. And like like those people were already in America. They were here the whole time. <laughs> but it's and... it, it's just kind of weird because the boom, I, I guess it may have been the revolution kind of softened the boomers until they got mm. power, which was the, mm. the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, like basically, um, like, yeah, no, like, uh, it's funny. If you look at my Twitter timeline at one point, I have a image of uh, like I shared a tweet Ma, you know about another thing Mick McCon- Mitch McConnell's smacked up uh-huh. and I'm the guy who dropped the uh, who broke that seal today um, <laughs> I admire your restraint uh, and yeah. and then um, and then like I can't help it I gotta share an image of Butterball from Hellraiser <laughs> right ahead right after that <laughs> mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's promotion for the pod. Well, yeah, I did do. I did. I didn't have a full blown podcast to Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two, but essentially, I did it. This I, I watched those movies the same week I watched Event Horizon. So, oh, oh, I love Event Horizon. Oh, I mean, and <laughs> the the thing about Event Horizon is, it's like, oh gosh. Um, Paul W.S. and the same thing with Mortal Kombat. I think I brought it up during that podcast we did last mm-hmm. week about Christopher Lambert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, and the sad thing is, it's like, I think the podcast that get listened most is when I just go solo for a half hour. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to try this out. 
Oh, I'm not going to do the two hour podcast. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Which, you know, is kind of nice that people will listen just to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I say listen, I see the stats. Okay. It's like tens. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's I more should... than I could summon at this point. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it. it it's just kind of nuts because I did a podcast for Doom, the 2005 uh, Carl Urban, Dwayne Johnson movie. That brings such joy to my heart. Continue. Oh, well, <laughs> no, it was a total cluster muck. Oh, um, yeah, so I had uh, Dre from the Tattoo Squid podcast, which is an excellent character study podcast. Uh-huh. It was originally supposed to be, and it was the, the idea of this. This is the thing that made me buy premium Zoom. like okay uh when i shared out like i'm watching this right now and then somebody said okay well uh the podcast uh wheel of horror which is really good Mm -hmm. like oh yeah i'd love i love this movie i'd love to do a podcast i'm up for it and then dre jumped in on that and i screwed up a podcast trying to do a podcast with him once he's out of long island and then um the trash panda podcast out of missouri Mm. (laughs) like i want in on this so by the time the show happens, I um the recording, uh Wheel of Horror backs out because he's got to watch Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I did get Dre and then um Trash Panda. All right, I, I think I are you willing to put up with the fact that I got a, my kids at this time? And I I I like the concept of chaos, so <laughs> yeah, let's I'm not afraid. And it turns out Trash Panda didn't, uh, Colin from Trash Panda didn't watch the movie. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so it's just us BSing about wrestling for the most part. Uh, oh. But, you know, and it's it, it just, it's just one of those things that are like, uh, no gimmick. And you guy, you like basically Trash Panda is just two guys bullshitting, tr- mm-hmm. thinking, thinking they're funny, good bar stuff, you know. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. And um, and I don't mean that as an insult. If Trash Panda is watching, <laughs> <laughs> listening, I should say, and uh, you know Dre, interesting fellow, and he knows how to interview people. But it's like, what? Why would any? It's one of those. Why would anybody listen to just another interview podcast? And a lot of it was just like, oh, it's really all depends on the merchant merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Mm-hmm. Some yogurt for you. I mean. <laughs> and it's like no i mean people want to support you like the podcast community is tight people want to support you so start that patreon start that mm-hmm. start that mm-hmm. merch store <laughs> like people will buy tattoo squid bath um curtains mm-hmm. like i will they listen to the show eh. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah I, there's so many like this podcast and just basically how you jumped in and said it ain't nathan lane no. <laughs> it's like oh well i really do need to watch the producers and i say i have a i have it on, on digital mm-hmm. got it for free nice. and and then you've got so we're now at the point where you got the hippie Mm. Uh, who i knew and his backup band yeah <laughs> that he was just able to summon with hand tambourines well that's the, wow. you said it's a sick you said it's a 60s movie it is i i literally went i took a picture of that scene on snapchat and was like this movie was very clearly made in the 60s yeah so the actor is the actor is dick sean i know him best 
the only other thing I know him from, uh, well, I guess <laughs> I guess he's the Heat Miser because he's got a credit technically in Batman, the Snow Miser because he's got a credit technically in Batman and Robin. Nice, uh, <laughs> because they played you know that that bit. I'm suing, suing. <laughs> Schwarzenegger's telling his minions. <laughs> I'm Mr. I'm, or, no, I'm yeah. Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Freeze. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I they do gotta have... change it so they don't get DMCA'd. I mean what? Well, no, no, I think uh Warner had that, but regardless, the only thing I knew him was uh from uh, It's a Mad 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 World. <laughs> Which is worth a watch. I'm not saying it's a good movie by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. It's three. It's a comedy that's three hours and thirty minutes. I'm sorry. What? It's a mad, 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 mad world. It's three hours and thirty minutes. I mean, the cast is. I mean, awesome. Uh, Milton Berle, Spencer Tracy, Mickey Rooney. Sid Caesar, Buddy Hackett, uh, Jonathan Winters. Hmm. But no, three hours, 30 minutes. Uh, you're better off watching Rat, Va- Rat Race. Same plot, <laughs> essentially. Um, but oh. yeah, three hours and 30 minutes. But uh, I, and- I love movies that are just uh, like that have the exact same plot like you just like oh so somebody just wanted to do this again like i love pointing out that high school musical and uh greece have the exact same plot well i <laughs> you know um for me i never i wasn't gonna give high school musical a chance that's I, fair i well i was i was in my mid-20s by that point like yeah that, i was i was thinking about that after i finished i was and, like i'm and, aging myself and, well and i <laughs> Yeah, that's totally different. What, you're 14 years younger than me? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so you would have just been getting into high school. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually don't remember. I, I'm going to be turning 30 in like oh, uh, no, 13 that, days. Okay, well, that's that's only 12 days. And I understand the... Now, I further understand your current social media angst. Yes, yes. We're, uh, we're going through the... Uh, three-fourths of the life weight crisis or something like that oh, we know. we all we all have it and it's yeah. very and no it's very important to let it all out yeah. uh for me when i turned 30 graduating uh entering school a year later I, I, we're talking kindergarten at mm-hmm. six instead of five mm-hmm. i was a year older essentially than most of my friends mm, yeah. so when I turn 30, it's like there's nobody who's gone through this experience yet. Mm. I am proper shag. <laughs> yeah. And wouldn't you know it, when I turn 31 and two days later, the biggest twat in Morton, Illinois, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine at that time, <laughs> <laughs> turned 31 two days later and, dude, what am I doing with myself? I, I've just came come out of a, you know, just shagging this, you know, doing this one girl up the bum and like, what's the point of it all? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, you have no. To be that specific? Yeah, no. He like 
he has two like he had two friends to confide in he had me who was close and then he had our uh damn near genius friend out in colorado like which hmm. I, I i don't know how he how he sustains his intelligence because he would basically the difference between me and him like when it came to playing football was i would think of something i would like i would think of or even wrestling it's like i would think about i don't know this sounds like a crazy stunt and then do it uh our genius buddy no no question he's doing it (laughs) so (laughs) gods knows how he survived (laughs) i and i mean I'm probably, you know, I hate to say it, and I got a great dance number going on right now in my peripheral. Yeah. I was born in Dusseldorf, and that is why. <laughs> Call me roll. That was that was another thing, and that it's like once you see John Barrowman <laughs> as the Ubermensch. Oh, mother fudge! But, I see. I have not watched it, and I didn't know John Barrowman. hero of my my mom's like hero which is Uh really really screwed up (laughs) in a sense (laughs) basically the barrowman family moved from uh, moved from scotland to work for caterpillar Uh so technically my dad was like just underneath the family (laughs) or at the same level oh wow yeah and so like oh yeah we're associated with the barrowmans and my mom took her forever to realize he was queer (laughs) but he was with Cher yeah (laughs) the the point mother like (laughs) I didn't know he was with Cher that's amazing yeah well like I'm just saying boy toy bollocks but (laughs) oh gosh but now I gotta like yeah, yeah like, I, I, if I didn't, if I wasn't going to Fan Expo in Chicago this weekend, yeah. like, oh gosh, the beauty! I, I, I'm gonna sound awful, but the beauty of the three women, the two pairs of women dancing right next to the rotating swastika. Like, yeah, I mean that's. I'm just saying that's direct. I mean, it wouldn't work in a play, obviously, because yeah. you don't get the overhead. But gosh, that is directorial beauty. I, I I think they actually do that part like on a dais. Ah. If I if I remember correctly. Like they like it's it's not that they're like you're not seeing them top down, but they're like tilted enough to where you can kind of make out what they're doing. Okay, all right. I think and that's it, how they do it. I don't remember. So so you, what you're basically inspiring me to see is I it what I really need to see in my life is Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil springtime for Hitler because <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen a few shows um, I saw Ka in Vegas um, I've seen uh, Drawn to Life at Disney World and what was the uh, third one I think it was a Carousel which was a real weird one because I saw it in Chicago mm-hmm uh, this is actually how I got to going to Wizard Worlds that have become Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. Like my older sister was going to go see Carousel. My dad drive. I mean, she is Sheldon, so somebody has to drive her. Mm-hmm. And um, like, oh, you're going to Comic Con? Be- you're going to Wizard World beforehand? 
hell yeah, I'll go up with you. I actually, like, I was actually talking to my trainer, Danny. Dan. I was like, um, no, it was the previous year. Like, oh, you always go to Wizard World? I'll have to check that out. And I didn't check it out. But, <laughs> but like, oh, next year? Yeah, I'm going. So, and um, I've always fallen asleep at some point during a Cirque <laughs> show. It's not, I don't mean, like, usually once they bring out, like, two roll rotating um, hamster wheels. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> Which I think they do in Ka. I know they didn't draw together, and I'm pretty sure they didn't carousel. <laughs> a lot of it's it's basically like me trying to get through uh, Mad God. It's like, all right, if you don't put a narrative here somewhere, <laughs> I'm just not going to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Which again, my the differential differentiation of between art and. Uh, and cinema, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now we have our um, Hitler stealing the show. Yes. And oh. like, so, who played LSD in the the remake? Oh, in the re- uh, they yeah they I don't or so it was it's a different character. In the oh, movie. okay. Uh, so it's I'm not Hitler. Sure. <laughs> uh well i mean it's still hitler but like uh, the 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 person playing hitler is very different okay um oh, don't remember uh i mean i it'd be awesome i'm just looking at the cast and it's like it'd be awesome to get one credit as lick me bite me <laughs> or kiss me feel me t- hold me touch me it's like uh i can't remember who the uh at, um, I don't know if she was an actual actress, but on Twitter she was say, sharing like, "Yeah, I want to do. I want to be in some high flutant uh, best picture movie just so I can put my tits out and get a so get them associated with it. <laughs> the art. <laughs> um, oh wait. Oh. Oh, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Okay, so so what ends up happening? Is that the director ends up uh, playing as Hitler? Okay, and, and the director is exactly as flamboyant as <laughs> as he as he is, is in in the remake or in yeah. the uh, yes. I, I I recall there is a there is a song in the musical, I guess, about how mm-hmm. Broadway is so broad. There's just has to be a gay element in Broadway, mm-hmm. so. As I keep, say, or keep it gay, which is yes. actually one of my favorite songs. <laughs> mm, so, the, in in this, instance, oh, here's something are... I saw on Wikipedia: Nicole Kidman was originally cast as Ula. Oh, really? Yeah, but backed out because of other commitments. Yep, yep. What you had another Matthew Broderick movie to work on? I don't <laughs> think that was a wise idea. Yeah, she was all right in BMX Bandits. Like I, one night drunkenly with my friend uh, Stephanie Smith, uh, the former um, Democratic primary competitor for uh, my district, mm. um, which is really screwed up. I did not get the vote, um, so I went to vote on Tuesday, uh-huh. and I and. Mary Miller could be representing my district. Mm-hmm. I hate 
Rodney Davis, our representative, who's been in there for since 2014. But it's like, no, I'm not going to let a maggot get in there. <laughs> and then I get there and like I'm doing the voting. Like, who do you want for the? Re-? I said I'm voting. Rep- I want to compete. I want to participate in the Republican primary. Just to try throwing votes away from giving votes to Rodney Davis to and away from Mary Miller. Hmm. And I get through, you know, I get to governor. Who do you want? Well, Rayla Hood would be an excellent representative for governor. So I wrote him in. Mm-hmm. And then it's like I get through this and I ask because I'm the only tells us about political commitment in downstate Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um excuse me why didn't i get a chance to vote for representative well because we no longer have a seat in champagne because of the redistricting after the census yeah but rodney davis is running for the district which has champagne and decatur now no no um he's so basically because there's two incumbents trying to win two districts that are getting merged together you still have a district until 2023 mm-hmm. so you don't get to vote uh, in the new district primary yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know i mean thank god i live in bloody illinois <laughs> yeah i mean otherwise it's drive all the way to the west coast and my 2014 Ultima is not going to hold up. That's fair. I I just I'm sorry. I'm definitely not going up to the northeast. I just don't want the cold. <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, if I'm going to go to the northeast, I may as well just go into freaking Canada. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm I'm taking steps to move closer to it. So, <laughs> oh, good for you. Uh, I don't know. My little my little brother got into an argument with my mom over the. Roe v. Wade turning overturning and he just had it had a daughter born oh. and it's like and his wife is half Italian oh. not his wife <laughs> sorry oh wait what <laughs> uh my little brother's girlfriend and mother of his child oh okay, is half okay, Ital- okay is a half Italian it's like oh yeah uh Italy um is really easy to get citizenship into <laughs> Oh. If you if you have heritage, oh, so yeah, he's gonna he wants to be a trophy husband, and like my mom says, you know that's a Catholic country. And it's like no, there's no religion in Europe anymore, thankfully. Yeah, as uh, Deadpool two pointed out, <laughs> yeah, we were the number one movie worldwide. Well, mm-hmm. internationally, yeah. uh, Passion of the Christ in the Probably. states, uh, we were worldwide because there's no God. so so yeah that's uh i don't know now i'm like i'm kind of feeling for uh lifkin uh when he went on and just shut down this this well no i would not go into the fear was good yeah no that's Uh, but but yeah i mean if anything it uh, can only be interpreted as part of the show which is like parody and it's like yeah yeah, yeah. the audience is going nuts like yeah i yeah. don't know how i now now you bring up the proud boy it's like how do we make this happen now 
I it, here's the thing. Like one of the the most perfect and like like um the like one one of the things that is pervasive about these like strong men ideologies whether you call it it just calling it what it is fascists will will create parody of themselves and that's kind of the message behind the producers thank is you like <laughs> yeah is that like like nazis are ridiculous they've always been ridiculous but the only reason why we take them seriously is because they demand that we take them seriously and like when you when you like expose the sham that they're just as weak as the rest of us they're just more willing to kill people about it like it it takes away some of their power cuz like like they they rely on looking cool they rely on projecting strength if you make a mockery of them like it's uh it takes away it takes away their ability to convince people that they are right uh okay and uh like this is something i'm pretty sure uh to bring up that Lindsay ellis uh video again about the remake like it's like like it it's one of the few ways or it's one of the few effective forms of parody when it comes to this. Oh, because like you know, like like neo Nazis love like cabaret. They love uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the one with Edward Norton, uh, like uh, American X. History X, which American is like, History. Yeah, no, the ultimate, uh, the anti Nazi. Yeah, future. But but doesn't he look cool though? Like doesn't Edward well, no, this kind is... of make it look cool? Well, like, no, that's it's, the... that's that's the misinterpretations of Fight Club. It's like, yeah, I mean, granted, look, I'll be upfront, mm. but this is just me because mm-hmm. it's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fight Club, yes, please. <laughs> uh, destroying credit card companies. Well, geez, I mean, you already sold me on getting punched in the face. What? I think you're you're throwing this a little. Like, I'd be skeptical just because, like, you're making this sound way too good. Yeah, yeah, Um, and like that—that's—that's—that's part of why Fight Club doesn't work as like dismantling the the masculine ideal because, like, it it it's like movies are a visual like a visual storytelling so uh, no i was like i went i drove down from peoria once to see my friend uh, stephanie who lived Mm -hmm. down here and this is why i live in champagne it's basically because going to see her so much was basically okay i now know the area Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so we're at the uh art theater and it's like they're doing a fight club like oh they're showing fight club in 35 millimeter Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna be down here yeah oh yeah and then people laughing out loud during Fight Club. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it, it, this isn't, it, I, is it funny? Yes, but it's not supposed to be funny. Ha ha. Yeah. Uh, you're not, you're missing the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. We're not supposed to think like, yeah, we laugh because this is what we think, but we're not supposed mm-hmm. to let people know. Yeah. This is what we think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that and that's and like um uh another uh youtuber that i 
follow who also did a video on Fight Club. Uh, oh, what's her name? Maggie May Maggie Maypie. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, and like she she talked about it, and like she she like for Fight Club especially, there's dissonance between what they are trying to do and how they communicate that to the audience. Because like they on a certain level they didn't lean hard enough on the fact that it's an unreliable narrator and so like people kind of feel or like it's very easy to interpret that the movie is actually endorsing the ideas that it's trying to refute because it it puts so much structure or puts so much weight on the things that Tyler Durden says and like in subtle ways like proves that he's correct and right like it's 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 like it's understandable how people got the wrong message from it right it's the same thing with american history x is um is that like it's saying hey like the the text is saying hey being a nazi is bad and it's bad for you and but the imagery like glorifies it which is exactly what fascism relies on it relies on it being glorified do you know um what movie neo-nazis hate the producers (laughs) because it makes them look as ridiculous as they are Mm. like they i'm pretty sure they don't like jojo rabbit for the same reason which is right it is it is people who have looked at history and been like this is a tiny tiny man yeah who only had like charisma and just no ability to cope with loss like <laughs> what we really should be doing right now is telling uh mm. hey you know what's cool losing a nut because you, you know hey your your uh leader <laughs> only had one so wait what oh hitler only had one ball oh yeah huh i think he lost it during world war one but <laughs> yeah huh oh, and the, not. Uh, and then the micro penis but i mean come on how much pain do i want to see inflicted on yeah we gotta start promoting micro penises is cool <laughs> <laughs> really come on do you need that special pouch that all the best underwear is developing now no (laughs) what you need is less (laughs) oh my god i can just i can hear like this like the skittering that happens at the edge of the universe just the manosphere talking about underwear like that eldritch knowledge i do not wish i had (laughs) i (laughs) yeah uh so yeah i mean just there's just just uh, i'm sorry it was just a simple like mm. uh you know no we you're really fine gotta, I, ha- we, I was we, just trying to make i'm sorry no, you were making a great point and then it's like yeah no i'm gonna throw in a hitler only had one ball joke oh. basically hitler hitler was tom green before tom green tom green only has one month <laughs> he lost he had testicular cancer he did an entire like season of the last season of his tv show about it Ah, uh, okay yeah yeah, no. He... I have to admit, I've I've seen a little bit, or not that much of Tom Green. Like, he, oh no, like, no, no, no. They, um, I drove him to the jukebox comedy club uh, back oh. in the day. 
Uh, and I'm not saying he's a he's he's you just tell he's always on. Uh-huh. So not a bad guy by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, he could probably relax from time to time. <laughs> just unclench for a bit. Can I hear a wahoo? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>